This is a previously recorded episode. You're listening to the Innovates podcast featuring speaker and innovation expert Michael Mode. We bring you innovation on the 8s with new episodes posted every day that ends in 8, the 8th, 18th, and 28th of the month. The Innovates podcast is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. For more information about Michael Mode and his corporate speaking and consulting services, please visit innovates.com. That's I N N O V E I G H T S.com or biglightbulb.com. And now, get ready for another creative conversation with your host, Michael Mode. Welcome to another episode of Innovates. I'm your host, Michael Mode, and uh, we've got another great episode for you today. My guest today is a, a global traveler and a reformed technologist, but he's also a core contributor to the I Am the Cavalry Initiative, uh, which is a group focused at the intersection of cybersecurity, which a lot of people will call uh, cyber safety or uh, things like that, and, and public safety. And in this capacity, he's consulted with automakers, medical device manufacturers, healthcare providers. Uh, he's even worked uh, as a consultant for U.S. federal agencies and the White House. So uh, that's how good he is. I met him last year when I was uh, working at the SAE convention. Uh, we were both presenting there, and we started talking after. And just a, a fascinating guy who's going to give us uh, his background and some information on how we can be uh, safer out there. So I'd like to welcome to the Innovate Show, uh, Bo Woods. How you doing, Bo? I'm doing great. Thanks, Michael. Well, thank you. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk with us today. Tell us a little bit about uh, your background to start off with, uh, what yeah. you do. Yeah, sure. So um, I, uh, I'm a little bit weird in that uh, I've work with computers and technology, but I have a, a degree in psychology. Um, so that's a, a bit different. It gives me a little bit of a different perspective, I think, on uh, all the aspects of the things that we do. Um, so I got a, a degree in psychology and went into uh, IT and information security industry, um, really wanting to, uh, to help drive uh, better adoption of, of better practices to keep people safe. Um, and what I found after several years is that, uh, you know, there's uh, one thing, uh, it's one thing if, if your information gets breached and credit cards are out there or something like that. Uh, it's quite another if, um, you know, you have a, a problem in uh, your automobile or your medical device that is now running on computers. And, uh, you know, what happens there is the consequences are much more severe, much more extreme. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So we met uh, last year, as I mentioned, at the SAE convention, the Society of Automotive Engineering Convention, and we were both presenting on the stage there. And you were talking about safety in automobiles. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. So um, that's through uh, some of my work with the uh, the global grassroots volunteer uh, initiative called I Am the Cavalry. Yeah, we want um, to talk about that definitely. Yeah, so uh, our, our kind of problem statement there is that uh, our dependence on connected technology is growing faster than our ability to secure it. And so when you look at uh, the impacts of that on um, things like medical devices, automobiles, airplanes, uh, smart homes, the Internet of Things, uh, you're talking less about um, some type of a data breach, which you know we see happening very, very often um, these days in corporate America. Um, and you're talking more about potential incidents that could cause direct physical harm um, 
or uh, have some public safety concerns. So uh, after a few years of being in the information security arena, uh, I realized that the most consequential thing that uh, we could do is probably to look at the intersection of uh, computer security and public safety. Um, and that's why uh, that's why I kind of joined up and, and started donating my time to this initiative um, to try and help bring all the different various stakeholders together uh, to try and solve some of the problems that we have, right? Which is that as we continually uh, inject new technologies into these old manufacturing platforms like automobiles, uh, we need to just be cognizant and aware of the trust we're placing in these systems uh, and to make sure that those systems are worthy of that trust. And can we trust them? Uh, I think we're uh, we already do. Yeah, uh, I think you had that, a great uh, <laughs> a great line when we spoke last year. You said, uh, "I said, are we, you know, are we doing better?" And, and what was your line again? You said we're getting worse. What was yeah. That? So, so um, this is uh, actually something that I stole from a technologist named Bruce Schneier, and he said, "Yes, we are getting better, but we're getting worse faster than we're getting better." <laughs> And that's definitely true if you look around uh, and see um, some of the the approaches that we're taking to uh, information security or what some people call cybersecurity. Um, we're developing new techniques. We're developing new approaches. Um, but not all of them are effective uh, and not all of them continue to be effective for very long. Uh, so it's kind of a, a, you know, you say a cat and mouse game with the adversaries that we face where every time we come up with a new innovation, uh, then they also innovate in their ability to uh, get past that innovation, that security innovation, uh, and get to what they're trying to get at. Right. Now, my background, as you know, is in magic. I've been a magician mm-hmm. for most of my life, and I speak about innovation. And I would, you know, there's a lot of, I think there's some parallels between what you and I do. Uh, you know, years ago, 100 years ago, even two years ago, you could take a ball and float it and people would be amazed. It's a magic trick. Well, mm-hmm. nowadays, people might look at that and think, well, that's a drone, you know, because the technology is now uh, out there and it exists mm-hmm. readily. As magicians, we're always trying to stay ahead of technology. In in the uh, cybersecurity, information security world, is it just speeding up rapidly? I mean, is it faster now than it's ever been? Yeah, it is. Uh, and, you know, you're facing um, new business challenges um, where you're trying to get things out there like drone technology, which is just amazing. Um, and you're also trying to balance uh, speed to market, um, return on investment, uh, and a lot of these other things with potential consequences from uh, some type of a a cybersecurity or information security incident, whether it's a, a breach of uh, your data or whether it's um, a revelation that uh, your devices or your cars or your drones uh, are actually not as secure as the public expects them to be. Uh, and I think that you know one of the things that uh, often uh, gets missed in some of this conversation to tie it into the innovation uh, angle is that um, there's actually a... a kind of a growing fear uh, among policymakers and among others in, uh, in some of these industries that what might happen is if there's uh, too much high-profile um, news that uh, these devices are not safe, that they're not secured or not as secured as they could be, then uh, it might induce a crisis of confidence. Um, and if you look at the automotive industry, the medical industry, 
uh, we're really talking about a large, large segment of the U.S. and the global economies. So mm-hmm. what might that uh, lack of trustworthiness or that crisis of confidence do to some of the investments that companies have made in connected technologies over the last 5, 10, 20 years? Uh, and I think that that's really the uh, the bigger, broader um, issue uh, when it comes to innovation is how do you continue to innovate in a climate where you have to get things out really quickly, but you have to make them really well. Um, to some degree, security is an indicator of quality of a product and how much um, thought and foresight went into its design, uh, how much adversarial resilience, uh, planning, testing, uh, and um, avoidance went into it. So uh, I think that it's an it, interesting time for innovation in America and around the world. Yeah, and and thanks to groups like uh, I am the Cavalry, which you're a part of, you're mm-hmm. keeping an eye on it. You're uh, you're working and trying to stay ahead of the curve there to make sure those products are safe. Now, is, right. is that project funded by somebody? Or yeah, so uh, I am the Cavalry is um, we call ourselves a, an initiative or a project. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, it's a group of passionate volunteers who donate their time. Um, and we kind of came together around the idea that uh, connected technology um, is really changing uh, the human condition, uh, and particularly where we found uh, a lot of traction, a lot of concern, and a lot of uh, help that was needed um, was in this area of cyber safety, right? So uh, the, the original name came from, everybody asks that, uh, we were looking around for, you know, who is it that's in charge of making sure that uh, we are preserving trust in this ecosystem, that uh, the power dynamics that exist in the world aren't getting out of whack without us uh, having a mechanism to uh, have some stability. Um, and we went as high in, in the government and in private enterprise as we could. We realized that w- there wasn't really a concerted effort, right? And we saw this problem coming. Uh, we said that, well, the cavalry isn't coming to save us. You know, John <laughs> Wayne's not riding in on this horse. Yeah. Um, so if we want the situation to change, then we have to be the cavalry. We have to, to save ourselves. That responsibility falls to us. And so uh, the name I Am the Cavalry uh, was actually just meant to be a personal attestation or declaration that I will be a part of the solution. Uh, and eventually it, got, uh, it became our, uh, our kind of call sign for the initiative, although it was never intended to be that. Um, and it, uh, it, it's confused some people. Some people love it. Some people don't. Uh, but for better or for worse, uh, that is who we are. Yeah. And, and your other company that you started, uh, Strategos, that has an interesting name history as well. Yeah. So uh, being a history buff, as I know you are, um, Strategos is actually the name of the general in Greek and Byzantine times. Uh, and the idea is that the strategos would be someone who is strategically thinking about the future. What movements, what actions uh, might my adversary take? Uh, what are the tools, the capabilities, the techniques that I need to be able to bring uh, to that uh, to be able to ensure that, that uh, my group uh, survives that adversarial attack? Yeah, I love that the... Uh the names are about things that are protecting us. You know, they, they kind of mm-hmm. sound uh, different. But uh, one of the things we talked about before was hackers. And mm-hmm. whenever that word is mentioned, or usually when that word is mentioned uh, to the general public, there's a knee-jerk reaction because it's got a negative connotation with it. Are you a hacker? Mm-hmm. 
Um, it depends on who I'm talking to, whether <laughs> I self-declare as a hacker or a cybersecurity enthusiast mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, whatever label I put on myself. But I think you're right. I think that that hacker has, um, in many people's minds, a pejorative connotation uh, that has only become uh, prevalent um, because of, you know, movies and media and other things. But also I see kind of a countervailing force where, uh, you know, you, you go and, and look up the word hacker and you're just as likely to hit a story about a growth hacker or a biohacker or a genomics hacker as you are a computer hacker or a criminal hacker right. or something like that. So, uh, you know, there's, there's kind of a movement from the uh, security community and the hacker community yeah. to take back the word, to reclaim it as, you know, somebody who um, uh, finds a, a faster, better, or more direct way to accomplish their goal. And I think that the broader, um, uh, the broader culture is kind of adopting that usage by turning it into more of an adjective uh, than a noun. And I think that's a, a really good thing. Um, one of the things that we had also spoken about is uh, the fact that in many cases, hackers are doing really uncontrovertibly good things. Yeah, and that's uh, what I want to talk about because I just saw Steve uh, Wozniak, the co-founder mm -hmm. of Apple, speak last week. And he, he talked about hackers. And he said what a lot of people don't realize is that these hackers are the ones that are out there getting things done and these are – there's a lot of good guys. And mm -hmm. uh, they're the ones that end up working for these companies to protect us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And um, there's a, a certain segment of the hacker community that would also label themselves as makers, right? So uh, when you go and ask a, a biohacker what they're doing, a lot of times they'll say they're making as well. Or um, additive manufacturing, uh, which is also called 3D printing, is a technique that was come up with by a bunch of hackers. They were trying to, you know, figure out some way to lay down different materials and mass uh, or uh, quickly prototype things, so that you didn't have to spend ten, twenty, a hundred thousand uh, dollars to get some of these prototypes out. You could do it for ten or twenty or maybe a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there, um, you can definitely see the legacy of. Uh, the hackers or the makers or what we used to call the tinkerers and the hobbyists and the solo inventors sure. out there doing good things in the world. Yeah. It's like when, you, when you're online and you see these life hacks that are popular now mm -hmm. and it's just a, yeah. a better way or a simpler way of doing something, you know, a clever way of doing it. Well, that's, right. you know, that's what a hack is. You're absolutely right. That's exactly what a hack is. And I think that it's um, essentially it's a uh, not um, – any particular ethic or morality that makes a hacker. It's just a certain way of looking at a problem space uh, and figuring out an unconventional solution that may be more effective than the other solutions out there. Mm -hmm. Now, with your company, you provide uh, advice and guidance on information security programs mm -hmm. and different strategies, and you give advice to companies. And you've worked with, as I mentioned, you've consulted for the White House, you've uh, consulted for Dell. Mm -hmm. Lots of different companies. Uh, as a as a whole, what are some of the things that uh, that companies are at risk for? What are some loopholes, or or what are some of the main things that you see companies uh, lacking with when it comes to security? Yeah, I, I mean, 
it's um it's starting to become cliche a little bit i think but uh the idea of cyber hygiene or information security hygiene uh, there's a there's a number of simple things that companies or even uh, the general population can do um, to keep themselves more secure, more safe online or in what they're doing. Um, and I'll give maybe two or three tips and recommendations. One of my favorite ones is to use some type of a password manager to keep all your passwords. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem that we see and one of the number one causes of breaches uh, is that passwords get reused across different web properties, different sites, or uh, in order to be able to remember many different passwords, they're easily guessable, easily predictable, um, or uh, you know, in some way not very, uh, not very strong, as mm-hmm. we would call them in the security community. Um, with a password manager, it's a really easy way for you to have strong, unique passwords that you don't have to remember yourself. You just let automated technology take care of that uh, and fill in the password for you whenever you get to whatever website you're going to. Now, are there some people out there, because I've thought this before, mm-hmm. you're using a password manager, which is a program you know, that you're using, that's on your computer. Mm-hmm. If that's part of your computer and you're using it to generate passwords and there's somebody that's accessing your computer without your permission, can they get into that? password program they potentially could but if they're already on your computer then every time you go to type a password in they would have access to your password anyways okay and uh what about people who are you know home automation is Mm -hmm. just becoming more and more popular uh what are your views on that how are we doing with that and the security you know, if you have so, uh, in, like a, uh, a video doorbell, is that allowing someone access into your uh, entire house and your uh, your Wi-Fi system? And then can they get in their computer from there? Or how you know how how safe are we there? Yeah, I think we have to think about the different um, different things that we value uh, when you're talking about home automation. When you're talking about uh, putting some of this computing technology. Uh, and using it in uh, a smart home or something like that, um, the value of what uh, you might want to protect is substantially different in quantity and in quality from the value you might be protecting with, uh, say, your bank account. Um, There's a a famous case where baby monitors were hacked and someone was able to remotely um, yell at a child in a a room through a baby monitor. when we take a look at those types of things, uh, we really see that there's uh, a learning curve that the manufacturers need to come up on. Um, It's the same learning curve that we had in the uh, corporate computer industry uh, 15 or 20 years ago. Um, And having learned those lessons, uh, there's uh, a great hope that we won't have to repeat the mistakes of the past, that we'll be able to learn from them, and that maybe that 15 and 20 year learning curve gets compressed into one to three years. Um, And I think that uh, you know, for for home buyers, it's tough to be able to um, discern a good quality product from a, a poor quality product. Uh, but I think that the interesting thing is everybody looks at you know what are the ways that I can protect myself and do all of these technical things. Um, but uh, if you really sit down and look at it, there are already re- uh, remedies for when you have a product that goes bad. Right. There are lemon laws. There's a federal trade commission complaints. There's Bus- better business bureau. 
Um, there's even um, just asking at the store, you know, what uh, are the things that I need to do in order to make this product secure? Or is this product secure already? Or those types of things. Um, that questioning and those mechanisms actually uh, have a fairly good chance of filtering back up to the manufacturer uh, and getting them to take some type of action to make sure that the products are uh, designed, developed, uh, produced uh, a little bit better so that you don't have to worry quite as much. Um, frankly, I don't, don't want to have to worry when I buy a, a home automation device whether or not it's going to be secure or whether I'll be putting uh, something that I value at risk. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned uh, to me priorly or prior prior you mentioned that you mentioned this to me prior you got me thinking about all these different things now my brain is getting maybe you're uh, maybe you're tapping into my brain here uh, just some common sense things that people can do you know if they're at Starbucks and they're on their laptop and they're using the Wi-Fi uh, what you know there's a bigger risk there right that most people don't think about. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear a lot about uh, the the possibility that maybe somebody could steal your bank password or your Facebook password while you're on the, the Starbucks Wi-Fi. Uh, but then I see a lot of times um, people might be using the their laptop at a Starbucks um, and lean over to the person next to them and say, hey, excuse me, I don't know you, but can you watch my laptop and make sure nobody takes it? I'm going to go to the bathroom. Um, and really, I think the bigger threat to people in, in coffee shops is somebody coming by and taking it, right? Mm-hmm. It's the more traditional threats uh, that I'm actually more concerned about yeah. when I go to the, the coffee shop um, because there's, uh, you know, the likelihood that someone is trying to be there taking your password versus taking something else that may have more value to them, um, uh, you know, to get access to your, to your password, they have to be within range of you. Um, at the same time, <laughs> It's probably more valuable to them if they could swipe your thousand dollar laptop, uh, than get your bank password for which they might get fifty or a hundred dollars out of it. Sure, it's it's like magicians. We say the closer you look, the less you see, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. you know sometimes people will be so closely focused on one thing that they're ignoring the bigger picture. I right. you know they're worried about their, uh, like you said, their bank account, but then they go to the, the restroom and leave their laptop right there for for someone mm-hmm. to take it. And I think that's where your uh, Social science and psychology a degree might come into play even more, you know, seeing how people yeah. interact with these technologies as well. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. If, if people want to get a hold of you uh, for their company, um, mm-hmm. how, how can they reach you, Bo? Yeah, the best place uh, is um, to go to IamTheCavalry.org. It's all one word, I am the cavalry. Uh, and we can talk about cyber safety or if you'd like to uh, engage for – uh, some type of paid consulting, then you can reach me at strategosecurity.com. Uh, and uh, I, I assume you'll have the links in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, we'll put the links up there. And it's strategos, it's S T R A T I G O S, if anyone's yep. listening. But we'll put those uh, in the show notes as well. And I'd like to thank you for uh, stopping by, Bo. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah. I'm uh, really looking forward to hearing more of your episodes. Oh, we'll have you on again. This is an interesting Great. topic, and it's updated all the time. So you've, uh, you've got job security, that's for sure. <laughs> I sure do. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Bo. All right. Thank you. 
Well, that was another episode of Innovates with my guest, Bo Woods, who's a information security expert. You can contact him at strategos.com. We'll have the link in the show notes there. My name is Michael Mode. I'd like to thank you for listening. Until next time, stay curious. Thanks for listening to the Innovates podcast featuring speaker and innovation expert Michael Mode. Make sure to check back on the 8th. We will post new episodes of Innovates on the 8th, 18th, and 28th of the month. The Innovates podcast is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. For more information about Michael Mode and his corporate speaking and consulting services, please visit Innovates.com. That's I-N-N-O-V-E-I-G-H-T-S.com or BigLightBulb.com. This is a previously recorded episode.